This is CliffCentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is the universe of CliffCentral.com. And this show is where you get to meet the people that I'm lucky enough to meet on my travels around the conference world. My guest today is a phenomenal South African. He lives between New York and South Africa. We've caught him now in New York before he goes out on yet another major day. His name is Kali Ilunga. When I first saw him speak, I saw him at a South African conference, was absolutely blown away. This is a digital entrepreneur, an international global speaker. He was voted in the Mail and Guardian as one of the top 200 South Africans. He got a scholarship to Harvard University back in 2010. He's just, he's just phenomenal. Let's meet live from New York. Kali Ilunga, nice to have you with us on the show, Kali. How are you doing? I'm great, Michael. Good to be here. How does it feel to be introduced like that? I mean, when you think, hey, that's me, what does it make you feel like? Uh, um, to be honest, you spend so much time thinking, I cannot believe how much, uh, how daunting the task ahead feels. <laughs> that That just seems like, you know. Um, someone's buttering me up for a big blow. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, look, let's, let's tell your story then. Where did it all begin for you? I mean, what got you to New York in the first place? Humble beginnings in our home country, South Africa. Where did it start? Um, well, I, I guess the, the, um, I started a company when I was in Matric called Spoken Inc. And we initially started off by creating a national magazine that was distributed to all boys and all girls schools. Um, but this is about, you know, 12 years ago when the printing industry was going through what was already beginning to be a decline. Hmm. And so in the middle of, you know, just having gone completely bust, <laughs> we figured that why don't we go digital? And at the time, the thought was to focus on mobile phones. Now, this is before smartphones. You know, this is 2006, 2007. So... You know, putting something in a phone wasn't as obvious it is, as it is now. And the something we thought of was to teach people how to drive. And initially it was um, the idea that everyone could have a driving school in their pocket. We got an endorsement from Arrive Alive and partnered up with McCarthy Motors and launched a campaign where, um, you know, the average South African could go see how they would pass their K53. Um, it was full of misinformation and corruption at the time. And we're able to get up to 500,000 South Africans to um, learn how to drive um, in a way that would get them to pass their test on their phone. Wow. Now that, sudden, that, was that because you'd struggled with your own driving lessons? Um, I mean, it, it didn't hurt that I failed my own test um, three times. <laughs> and the eureka moment happened round about the fourth time I was trying to pass. Um, and, you know, it just, it just be, began this thought that what if you could rinse and repeat this process, right? What if every time there was a bunch of people struggling with something that you could put it on a phone, teach them how to not struggle with it and make a difference. And that's how um, we began our venture into digital and long story short, I'm still in digital, except now instead of failing driver's tests, um, I'm (laughs) trying to make a difference for African startups by getting them funded from places like New York. Now, you've got two companies at the moment working between New York and South Africa. One's called Do, the other is called Viable, which focuses, as you say, in the African startup space. But, Kelly, I mean, you know, it almost sounds flippant from you, if I can say that, as a mate of yours. 
I mean, this is a hell of a struggle that you've gone through. You've, you've emerged from South Africa. You've become this global businessman. I mean, you started a business in matric. That's not normal. How did you get into that even before the driving license, uh, the driving uh, lessons application thing? I mean, what makes you so special? I mean, I genuinely, I genuinely think uh, it is uh, not so much um, being special or as, as a secret source. You know, when you when you start a business that young, you often don't even know that you're about to start a business. For me, it was I have this idea. What do I need to do about it? Um, I spend a lot of time talking about ideas matter, and I think the only difference, if there is any, is that. Um, at 17, 18, I was lucky enough to genuinely believe that my ideas mattered. So this idea to, you know, at the time have a magazine, it was, it matters enough for me to talk to my friends and it matters enough for me to try get advertisers and it matters enough for me to, um, try raise some money. And so I think, you know, the, that can do attitude that is, um, becoming more and more and more prevalent, um, you know, with African youth in general, was just fortunately there for me. And so the genuine belief and confidence that this thought you have while you're showering, while you're running in the bathtub can actually become a real thing, um, a business, an extra revenue stream, something that helps meet a social need. You know, I think anyone with the confidence to believe that their ideas matter enough to chase them, um, you know, has some sort of advantage. And so um, I don't think it's a specific set of talents or know-how as much as I still am in love with the, with the process of imagining this thing that isn't really there and then taking concrete steps to make it happen. And business just happens to be one venue, uh, you know, one viable option to do that. Um, and I'm sure artists feel the same way. I'm sure musicians feel the same way. But I, I happen to pick business to go. That's how I realize my ideas. So as an ideas guy, I understand that you think entrepreneurially. You know, you, you try and turn ideas into concrete stuff. And you've had some great success. I mean, maybe the driving license thing was lucky, but it was brilliant to have thought of in terms of those early days of apps. I mean, you worked in the mix-it space. So we're talking quite a few years back now, really, aren't we? <laughs> Right. You know, it's not a great thing when your company is thought of as a throwback, but <laughs> mix it. I mean, um, whatever has happened to it now is it was an amazing story. You know, in its heyday, I think there was like 19 million people that had um, created an account with this thing that two Stellenbosch guys had just done on the side. Right. Yeah. And it was sold for hundreds and hundreds of millions of rands and was getting international acclaim. And so, yeah, it was the, it was the place, you know, we often find that as much as ideas matter, often it's putting it in a place that matters. And in 2007, no place mattered more for young South Africans than Mixit. Um, and so back then, no place mattered more than Mixit. And so that's where we decided to put this mobile driving school. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing to think that much time has flown by. Um, and now we just look for the places that matter to us. Sometimes it's Facebook. Sometimes it's um, YouTube. Sometimes it's – I think people would often be taken aback by how much – and I talk about this a lot in my talks too, about how, you know, appropriate technology that is readily available is often the thing that ignites an idea. Um, 
And often it doesn't have to be this fancy new thing you're creating as much as going where people are and giving them a solution to something. Something that really intrigues me then, Kelly, and let me ask you to focus on what's going on back here on South African shores at the moment. I hear you loud and clear. I do nothing but admiration for you in terms of, you know, the fact that you're a successful entrepreneur that has turned your ideas into concrete reality. Ignite an idea is what you've said. Now, at the moment, on campuses across Southern Africa, we've got people igniting artworks, igniting vehicles, burning buildings. I mean, it's just, it's an absolute bloody nightmare. Here you are as a successful South African product, Shuttling between New York and South Africa, talking about viable, you know, helping African startups. I mean, how does it make you feel as an African entrepreneur with what's going on across the campuses of South Africa right now? You know, it's funny you should mention that. I was doing a, um, I was at a, a bank doing a presentation around why the ideas mattered. It was a pan-African bank. And, um, you know, we were talking about the, the student crisis and fees must fall and, um, it just dawned on us that, you know, we know what the students have to say, you know, these SRCs, these 19-year-olds doing all the things you described. We know what the government has to say, but we know very little about what corporate South Africa has to say around what South African entrepreneurs have to say. Um, and so, you know, their ideas matter too. I mean, this is a this is a situation that has massive impacts on the sustainability of South Africa. These are the people we're going to employ that are going to buy our products. And so for, you know, for someone who is in love with ideas, part of me wants to go, well, what is the corporate agenda? What are the corporate ideas of how we would meet this problem? Why are we outsourcing this solution entirely to 19-year-olds in the government? Um, and so, you know, before um, wanting to criticize anyone, I'm wanting to figure out, what ideas is corporate South Africa taking on on itself? Um, what ideas are the entrepreneurial class taking on on themselves? Because this isn't something that affects us from afar. You know, this is an immediate effect on our, you know, ability to sell, our ability mm. to recruit people, etc. So uh, until we, as a uh, working class, begin to think ideas matter around things this important. I feel like we're not really participating in the problem and it's we're well, participating in the solution and it's easy to wait for for other people to find it. But, you know, genuinely, what is the corporate agenda for how we will meet this problem, um, especially since it is uh, so dire for corporate South Africa um, and for entrepreneurial South Africa? So I'm really keen to – and I know that there's been some initiatives with Prime Media, et cetera, um, but, I'm, you know, I'm really keen to see – what uh, solutions the private sector begins to think of for this. Can you Can condone we... the violence, though, or do you think that it's wrong? I mean, any violence you have to condone, uh, sorry, you have to reject and you have to um, look at as, you know, a problem. Um, the second you've broken a law, you know, you're on the wrong side of history, you're the wrong side of the way you're acting. But, you know, I can, um, I, at the same time, I can... Empathize. Um, I can empathize. I can, I can see that, you know, if I was young, um, and all that energy, um, I had and, you know, maybe didn't have the best inputs or advice from people and I'm going, you know what, all I want is to be able to participate in an economy that I feel I can't participate in. Now I don't have the right to burn stuff down, but, you know, 
even when they get their act right, which I hope they do, you know, we still have to figure out a way to address the problem. Um, and in that sense, I empathize. You, though, and any number of my guests who've been on the show with me are products of South Africa. You're successful in your own regard. Because to me, if I can say this, you rolled up your sleeves, you got on with it, you didn't let adversity battle against you, you fought it. And as a result of becoming incredibly successful and sought after around the world, you know it can be done. Um, I mean, at the same time, you know, as a as someone who loves South Africa deeply um, and as a young black South African, um, I also don't want to be an outlier, right? I don't want that story to be um, so rare that it's inspiring because it's scarce. And so if it's going to become a common thing for, um, you know, young South Africans to be able to, you know, roll up their sleeves, we have to figure out how to equip them and we have to figure out how to, um, let people participate in the economy at a broad scale. Um, and, you know, again, violence is not the way to go about doing that. But, uh, you know, it, it does have to become priority number one on our national agenda. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I would much rather be just another guy at a coffee shop that happens to have used the opportunities education has afforded him and is pursuing them than be an outlier because I'm one of very few people to do it um, coming from my background. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you've, (laughs) you've got me started on this, but I'm so passionate about um, Mm. us figuring out um, how to expose young South Africans to entrepreneurial and educational opportunities in a way that makes sense for them in a way they can afford, in a way that um, they can strive for, in a way that's realistic, so that you know we're not dealing with 55% youth unemployment, so we're not dealing with um, an underemployed class of graduates, um, and you know we're not dealing with these issues. And these are these are you know those are the kind of ideas we all need to be thinking about, um, not just to feel good, but to make money, to make our country sustainable, to um, have people to employ, to have product, people to sell to. Um, and so, you know, I think this is all of our problem. Um, and, you know, it's important that we take it seriously. So you're listening to the words of Kali Alunga, local South African entrepreneur, made good, works around the globe, travels between where he is in New York right now and home, saying ideas matter. The right positive sense of ideas matter. And not only is he talking about it around the world on conference stages, he's living it as well with both Cisse Do, his company, and his other company called Viable. Go and Google Kali Ilunga and get inspired by what this man has done. As he says, it shouldn't be extraordinary. It should be ordinary. But the reason that you, Kali Ilunga, are extraordinary is the fact that you got off your backside, did something about it, and absolutely made it superb. I know it's a pleasure to call you a friend. It's a pleasure to hear you live on stage. As you travel back to the country, let me know when you're in. We need you on Cliff Central. Well, you're a regular guest anyway. We need you here often sharing that message. Time, Kelly, is, is against us right now, as it always is on a 15-minute show. But I want you to thank you. Uh, thank you so much for getting up very damned early in New York right now, where it is on a cold, wintry morning, to put that uh, passionate no message across. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate the time, Michael, genuinely. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you on your return to South Africa or in New York soon as well. That's In Conference with Michael Jackson. You've been listening to yet another cool podcast with some really awesome people. That's what you get on Cliff Central all the time. Thanks for being with us.
Cliffcentral.com.